Hello, and welcome back to the Be Well, Do Well podcast. I'm excited today to have a chat with a remarkable entrepreneur that is rocking the podcasting space. Kevin is one of the co-founders of Next Level University, where he helps ambitious people reach the next level in their love, life, health, and wealth. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, my friend. I know you and I have connected a couple times, and I'm, I'm glad we're doing this. I am excited to chat with you and more excited to see where we end up with our conversation. Amazing. Amazing. Now, one thing I uh, remember from our last conversations is just your energy. Like mm. you, you feel there's so much energy in you and, you know, I can feel the passion. And tell me a little bit about your background and what took you from where you were maybe, you know, five years ago to where you are now and potentially how that changed your energy and how you show up in life. Yeah. Five, I mean, five years ago, if we were, if we were to do six years ago, that would probably be the best contrast. Six years ago, I was somebody who had a quote unquote successful job. I, it was high paying. I had a successful life. Really, that's what it looked like. I had a high paying job. I had a, my dream car. I had a new apartment. I had the body of my dreams because I was a bodybuilder. But internally, I was a very insecure, very scarce human being. I wasn't excited for my future because I didn't know what my future was going to look like. I didn't feel on purpose because I didn't feel like I had one. So I, I think I was in this interesting stage in life where my external status was much different than my internal status. I didn't feel as good as everybody thought I felt, which is a very interesting place to be. And after I made the most money I'd ever made, I remember thinking for most of my life, I've lived unconsciously. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. So I started a podcast called The Hyperconscious Podcast, fell in love with podcasting as I fell out of love with my job. So I start calling out, I'm not showing up. I'm like, this is done. But I don't have an another way to make money. So I can't just leave my job to do this crazy podcasting thing. I wanted to very badly, but my mental health started to take a turn because my job required a lot of travel and late nights and early mornings. And eventually I ended up sitting on the edge of a bed having the, the thought about suicide because I didn't, I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know if there was another way out. I really wanted to do this podcast thing, but I, I didn't believe it was possible for me. Right? Even today, it's weird for me to have quote unquote success in podcasting. That's very weird for me. So I ended up leaving my job and going full-time into a podcaster, a speaker, coach, entrepreneur. And I think that changed my energy in a lot of ways where it's like, it's important for me to remember and understand that I should be grateful for where I am, even if I'm not really where I want to be yet. Because at one point, I just wanted to do this full-time. And I had no idea what the markers of success for a podcaster were. So I think the, the reason I have the energy I do is because I am blessed to be able to, to do this every day. And if I lose sight of that, all of this kind of was for nothing because this was my dream. I don't ever want this to get so normal that I forget how blessed I really am. That's a great answer. And I love the fact that you're noticing that this, you're living your dream life right now. Uh, in fact, this morning I had a conversation with someone and uh, it, it, she was interviewing me and she asked me a question like, how do you know when you've made it? And it took me a while to answer that question. And I thought to myself, I'm like, I've made it now because I'm doing what I want to do. Yep. And, uh, you know, and that was humbling for me to even be asked that question and, and have that insight into thinking, well, I'm not really waiting for the future. I'm, I'm kind of doing it now. And one thing that you had mentioned a while back when we talked off, off uh, camera is that if you're trying to achieve something just because it hasn't arrived, doesn't mean you're not growing. 
Now I'm paraphrasing what you said there, but you sort of alluded to this right now is that you're working towards your goal and every day you're living this, this life that you had designed for yourself. Can you talk a little bit about an experience perhaps that in your life where you're trying to achieve something, you know, maybe it's buying a dream house, a dream car, and you haven't got there yet, but you know that you're making progress towards that and, and how you deal with, you know, the, the not having it, but still working towards it. <laughs> yeah, I think for, for us for a long time as a, as a business or just as two human beings trying to facilitate change, we would host events. We would host these live virtual events. And here we are. I mean, we have hundreds of thousands of downloads and we're like, this is going to be easy. We're going to crush it. Like people are just going to show up. It's going to be wonderful. And I think the, the first couple, we had like 15 people show up and we're like, oh, okay, it'll get better. It's going to get bigger. You know, eventually it'll be thousands of people. And then it started to be less people. It was like, there was like 10 people, eight people. And you have this interesting realization that again, at one point, if you told me that some people were going to show up behind the scenes to have a conversation with us or attend what's like a masterclass, I would not have believed that. And that, that for me is super helpful. It's like, there's, there's this weird balance between achievement and gratitude. Like, the I'm very, very, very grateful for what we have, but I'm so hungry for what we don't have yet. But if I do not remain grateful for what we have, I'll never get what I actually want. It's that unique balance. How do you hold both of those at the same time? So I think for a long time it was, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're crushing it with listens and all that, but it's not nearly as many listens as I'd like. Mm. But in a way, it's almost, it doesn't really matter how many listens we have because I love what we're doing. It's that really, really weird balance. So I think that's the best example I can use is anything we've ever hosted it's always been way harder than I expected. Every time. It's never easier than I've expected. Either my expectations off or the reality is. But I've always, I've always gone back and said, you know what? I'm just grateful that people are actually interested. Because at one point, this was all impossible. Right. So how do you balance that with you know, the, the desire to be comfortable? Everybody enjoys being comfortable, but also being uncomfortable enough to grow. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's super hard. It really, for me at least, it depends on the goals. I am somebody who seeks comfort just naturally. By nature, if you say, hey, Kev, seek comfort or seek challenge, I'm going to go find comfort because that's just who I am as a human. Hmm. Luckily, the goals that we have created will not allow me ever to do that. Now it has become part of my identity where I am the type of person that does hard things. I am the type of person who is out, outside of my comfort zone. I am focused on growth. I think you have to double and triple down on the goals because a lot of us want to enjoy the journey and that's fine. But the journey is always dictated on, it, it's based on the destination, right? The destination creates the journey. Mm -hmm. If you're going to go to the top of the mountain, it's vastly different than the bottom of the ocean. So I try to make sure that my goals are aligned with the effort that I want to put in. And I try to make sure that I understand what do the goals actually mean? My goals are big enough where they're never going to get accomplished. So they're going to force me to continuously get outside of my comfort zone. And I'll have momentary bouts of comfort where it's like I'm comfortable financially. Cool. But now I'm very uncomfortable with my amount of work. Cool. And eventually that'll shift and that'll shift. So yeah, I really think it's just tapping into the goals. What are the goals creating of you? What are they making you become? 
in the intro, I mentioned that, you know, you help ambitious people reach their goals in life, love, health, and wealth. Mm. I love those four pillars. I think those are very holistic. You're looking at it from all different angles. In your own life, is there one of those right now that you feel is taking precedence over another? And like you said, it kind of just shifts back and forth. Is there, is there something that you're focusing more on right now? Yeah. Last year specifically, it was business. Last year was the, it was just the busiest year I've ever had. And just in terms of everything, I think I did 750 podcast episodes last year. So it was a very, just a prolific year of output. This year, I want to focus more on the health and my relationship. I got married last year and, you know, I took some time away. But other than that, my wife and I didn't spend a ton of time together just because the business required more of me. And, it's interesting when you look back three, four, five years ago and you say, oh, wow, I was in better shape then. Interesting. Interesting. What does that mean? So I want to I wanna dedicate more time to fitness. It's just hard. It's, it's very hard to balance all three. It just is. And this is the interesting thing. When you look back, this is a really good measurement to figure out if you're making progress or not. When you look back five years ago, are you proud or are you regretful? So for me, I look back five years ago and I was in much better shape than I am now. I regret that. That hurts me. That's like a tough piece of feedback. But I also had zero dollars and I couldn't pay the bills, you know, five years ago. So there's a lot of growth there. So yeah, I want to focus on relationship with especially my wife. And then I want to focus on health. I want to keep getting stronger and, and get leaner and, and kind of get more into that athletic mode that I had, you know, five years ago. Nice. Do you set goals for long-term, like very long out, like 10, 20 year goals? Do you prefer to set shorter goals where it's, you know, 90 days to one year? 90 days are my sweet spot. My yeah. business partner is like the 20, I mean, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 year goals. That's, okay. he's the visionary. I do really well with 90 day goals because I'm able to, I can at least break it down into, well, this is what I have to do every day for the next 90, where 50 years from today, I don't know what the world's going to look like. Right. You know, you and I might be floating out in space having this conversation. I don't know. So 90 day goals work really, really well for me. And I think I find anything longer than that. I, it's easy for me to get lost in the process. I, I agree with that entirely. 90 days for me is also that sweet spot where it, it's short enough that I can predict the outcome, but it's long enough that if I, you know, deviate a little bit or get off track, I can come back on track. And yeah. it's not, you know, one week or two weeks. In fact, yesterday I was putting my son to sleep and uh, I said to him, you know, I may not be alive for this, but you will definitely be alive during the time when space tourism becomes a normal thing. Mm. Your teacher will ask you or, you know, your, your kids' teachers will ask them in his case, you know, what did you do on the weekend? And they're like, oh, I went with my dad to the moon. You know, we just hung out. We didn't, you know, and I was like, he was like, really? And I was like, the amount of change that's happened in the last, you know, 10, 20 years, 100 years is it's unthinkable, right? Like people, you know, kings and queens and pharaohs had no idea that this would happen now. Yeah. And I can only imagine what the next 10 years is going to look like. Forget about 40 or 50 years. So yeah, uh, that, that deep insight is good to ponder, but it's really hard to predict. Yeah. And there are some people out there that can do it. I am not that person. I have no idea what the world's going to look like in 50 years. I know I'll still be podcasting as, yeah. as long as I'm living and I'm capable. That's, that's the one thing I do know. But again, what, I don't know what podcasting is going to look like either. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But why, this is interesting. I wasn't planning on asking this, but you say that you know for sure you're going to be podcasting. Yeah. What is, what's the feeling that you get when you do what you're doing around podcasting that, that brings you back over and over again? 
I, for me, it's fulfillment, right? It's, it's when I get off the microphones after a long day, my wife will hear me talking to myself. It's like, I'll get off and I'll be like, that was the best. I am the best. Like, that was so awesome. Or there'll be other times where it's like, oh my God, oh, I missed it. Like I missed the mark. It wasn't as good as I could have done. Right. That it's just, I don't know, the the opportunity and the fact that people actually listen when I say stuff is, it's just an awesome, it's an awesome feeling. And I think it's a really good test. I told you this before we get on here. I, I said I had... I had COVID and I have like brain fog. It's a very humbling experience. Like I'm currently not able to connect dots like I usually am. And it's scary. That's a scary feeling for me of like, eh, is somebody going to question me or are they going to be disappointed? Is this, is this going to be valuable? It's a really good like level set of this is how, this is how good you are at what you're doing in live time. It's just a really good humbling experience to have. And it's very fulfilling for me. Mm. I like that fulfillment is is that feeling you know that you want to come back to over and over again. Yeah. Now there's a time you mentioned that you know you missed the mark on a podcast. I remember I interviewed uh, somebody and she had um, she done a lot in her in her career, but one of the things that was really interesting and it was one of the reasons why I reached out to her is that she had dinner with the royals in Sweden, I think it was, or something like that. And it was so interesting, and I had it on my list of things. And we got into the conversation, and I don't script these interviews, and I just forgot to ask about it. And at the end of the interview, I was like, oh man, like I missed a really great opportunity, you know, for some, some shorts, reels, whatever it is, but I missed that. And so when you, you know, quote unquote fail, when you do something that you're like, oh, I could have done better. What's your, what's your strategy to get out of that funk? Yeah. It used to be just wallow in self-pity. I mean, (laughs) that really was what it was. And now it's the understanding for me, at least that just because I, and again, this is a fine line. But just because I perform at a five out of 10 doesn't necessarily mean anybody else noticed. So that helps give me the reassurance that I'm still a valuable human being who's good enough to show up. And I think that's important because a lot of us, something bad happens and we say, I am not capable of showing up because I am not good enough. Your last performance is not necessarily a representation of your current capability. And I have that understanding now of there's a lot of things that go into a performance, into you showing up. It's how much sleep did you get last night? How is your relationship going right now? How is your fitness going? There's so many things that go into this 30 minutes we have together. So I try to break down, well, what was different? Did, what was different? Did I not eat? Did I sleep in? Did I not get enough sleep? At least I can point to a reason that I can try to change moving forward. And then I really, I do have that, that talk with me of it's way better than it used to be. Even if it's not as good as it was yesterday, it's way better than it used to be. The trend line is still up, although emotionally the trend line seems like it's dipping. It's not. Not nearly as much as you think. Right. Now, in order to be able to notice those you know, little changes and think, well, did I sleep enough? Well, I think routine is really important. And I'm going to guess that you probably have some kind of morning routine that you stick to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does that look like? It's different than I think people might think. I... My alarm goes off at 4.30 on an ideal day. I wake up. I literally walk out of the bedroom, close the door behind me, and the cats come with me so my wife can sleep. I get into my gym clothes, and I am in the car getting ready to head to the gym 20 minutes after I'm awake. And my gym is 15 minutes away. I got a book on. I get there. I do 15 minutes of mobility with the book on. I do 45 minutes to an hour of weight training. And then on the 15-minute ride home, I listen to our podcast. 
And right there, I've already got 30 minutes of learning, roughly an hour of exercise, 15 minutes of mobility, and I've reviewed our podcast. So I've already done four out of my 25 habits for the day. I'm off to the races after that. That is my grounding. If I'm going to be a 10 out of 10 that day, that's how my day starts. It used to be different. Like, I don't want to say slower, but I wake up and I'd meditate. And for me, it just, that's not the way I want to start my day. I want to start my day in my body not necessarily my mind. I want to get to it. And also, I just, you know, if it's three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm probably not lifting because it doesn't seem like the most valuable use of my time. There's other things I could be doing. So yeah, for me, it's get up, get after it, get home, get clean, get fed, get in the office. Yeah. Sounds like that's, that's a great start to a masterpiece day, right? Yeah. Start like that. And if you can stick to that, I mean, that's masterpiece weeks that lead into masterpiece years, yeah. right? Yeah. And it feels good. It's, there's something about there's something about getting in your body and, and building that self-trust first thing in the morning. It's like those workouts suck, but I know they're, they're, they're bricks for the building for the rest of the day. They're very important bricks. You mentioned that you read uh, or you listen to books, audiobooks, I'm assuming, on your headphones. Yes. Is there something that you're either listening to now or something that you would recommend uh, for the audience that you really enjoyed? Oh, man. Uh, one of my favorite books of all time is for entrepreneurs is business made simple by donald miller just okay. one of the best business books i've ever read no fluff no useless information just like really good fundamentals and just very very simple right now i'm re-listening to this is marketing by seth godin because mm -hmm. i think a lot of the marketing books out there are just not good i think his is just based on value which i just oh i love he's really really good so that's another really good book the one that you mentioned, uh, this is business. Is that what? No, sorry. Um, business made simple. Business made simple by Donovan. Is that the same author as uh, building a story brand? Yes. Yeah. Great. Yes. He. I love his style. I think it's it's very practical. Uh, Seth Godin. It's funny that you mentioned both of those. So I've read both, and I've taken the uh, marketing seminar by Seth Godin, which is based mm -hmm. on that book. And I find Seth Godin's stuff is not as as practical and applicable. It's more like making you think differently because everyone yeah. is thinking the same and it's getting you to think in a different way. Yeah. So two, I think that's amazing, practical and, and more, you know, uh, I don't want to say theoretical, but more high level thinking and future thinking on the yeah. Seth Godin side. I appreciate him because it's, it's almost like one of the things that I really enjoy is he's like, you're not going to be the next Apple. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, I don't think that's a disempowering belief. I think that's an empowering belief because statistically you're not. And I think that's a good thing to realize. I think, you know, there's a fine line between somebody putting air into your wings and taking it out, but there's also a fine line between somebody deluding you into thinking you're going to get a result that you're not. And so I really appreciate that level of like, hey, just so you know, make sure you do it in a way that's actually going to work for you because this probably isn't the way for you. It's like, all right, cool. I like that. Thank you for that. If you were to, able to have dinner with, you know, one or two people in life right now, living or not, Ooh. Who would that be? Uh, see, this is a hard one for me because the the younger version of Kev says Eminem, right? Okay. Eminem's my favorite rapper, but then I look back at some of the things and it's like, I don't, the, the character, I don't know if the character's there, but I'd like to talk to him for sure. And then I would say The Rock. Okay. I gotta know, I gotta know what's beneath all of that. Like, I want to have a conversation behind the scenes with that man to see like, what keeps you up at night? You don't, what stresses you out? Is life hard for you? Cause you make everything look super easy. Mm -hmm. I need that. I need to know. 
I need to know what's behind the curtain of the rock. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have thought the rock, but now that you say that, I can see that because he seems like just a nice, fun, easygoing guy, yeah. but he's so successful. The most successful. I don't think people understand. Like, again, I wouldn't say this to his face. He's not a great actor. Not the greatest. He's not the highest paid actor because he's the best. Right. That's not why. It's because of who he is. And it's, it's like you are, you are one of the most successful wrestlers. Mm. You're one of the most successful actors. You're becoming a very, very successful entrepreneur. How? How are you so good at everything you do? Like, what is that? What's behind the scenes of that? So I'd love to know. There's always stuff that's underneath the surface that we don't see. Um, I had a, a friend of mine, she had a website. It was called morelife.ca. And it was all about holistic living and holistic nutrition. And somebody reached out to her, you know, a company, an agency reached out to her and said, hey, we'd like to buy your domain, morelife.ca. So she, she calls me and she says, hey, man, I trust you. How much do you think I should sell it for? And I said, well, you know, somebody bought a brand new domain now, 20 bucks a year, 30 bucks a year. You could ask for, you know, a thousand. So her and her husband talk about it and they ask for 10,000. And I said, oh, you're not going to get that. That's crazy. Well, the person without hesitation was like, sure, here's, here's the transfer and sent her $10,000 for it. Turns out afterwards, she found out who actually purchased it on behalf of, or the, the agency had purchased on behalf of, and it was Drake. Mm. So More Life was his cannabis brand and he was just collecting the domain so that other people don't use it. And I thought, man, I should have said like a hundred thousand, that's something else. But you get all these successful, you know, celebrities and they're doing these things outside of what this, what the audience sees, what the public sees. So this, this is something I like to ask um, my guests is that, is there anything about you that either your, you know, friends, your listeners, people that you know, would be surprised to learn about you? Yeah. So that's an interesting question for me because I think. My, our listeners know so much about me mm -hmm. based on the fact that I've done 1,200 episodes and there's not a lot to hide at that point. I would say for most people, they wouldn't guess that I like rapping and I am a rapper to some degree. I mean, I've never released an album or anything, but I love rapping. I love the art of it. I love the the fundamentals of taking syllables and moving them to make them flow and making things rhyme and making people think. I love that. I'm a huge, huge fan of writing and rapping. That's very cool. That is very cool. You're the second guest that's actually mentioned rap in general. There was one person nice. that said that, you know, he doesn't listen to country as much as he's moving over to rap. And I said, wow, that's a big change. It's a very uh, big change. <laughs> my, and something people may not know about me is my daughter and I are learning to DJ. That and so sense. electronic music and uh, drum and bass is one of my favorite genres. And there's actually quite a bit of rapping in drum and bass. See? And she listens to it, the clean versions of all the songs, of course. And She's like, wow, like, how did they put all of those together? The, you know, the way you intertwine these words and they, and they make sense, they rhyme, they're rhythmic, you know, they come off and she's spitting all these bars. It's so cool. It is just so cool to, to see somebody that young, not know anything about it, but recognize the talent in it. So it's an art. It's an art. I was talking to somebody, I was talking to my business partner and I said, I'm, it's one of those things where I think I have a quantum ability to do it. Like, I've never studied it. I've never studied any of it. And I haven't done it that much. But I do think I have a, a proclivity towards it. And I said, but when you hear somebody who's like world class, it makes you realize very quickly that there are levels to everything. And some people are just leagues and leagues and leagues ahead of everybody else. And it's just, it's humbling. And it's inspiring at the same time. It's very, you know, so I always have those moments where it's like, oh, okay, I could do that. I think I could do what that person did. And then you see somebody else step up to the plate. It's like, no, not a chance. I don't think I could ever do that in my lifetime, no matter how hard I tried. But I think it's just important to 
to level set me. How much do you think doing the reps matters when it comes to getting good at something? Like is, you know, you use the word proclivity, which is yeah. awesome. And most people, you know, wouldn't use that word and that shows that you words are important to you. But how much do the reps matter? Like practice and practice and practice. I think and there's science behind this. I think as long as it's like you have to have intelligent practice. I don't remember the exact again, I am definitely foggy, so I don't remember the exact phrasing, but like Deliberate, deliberate practice right. is what deliberate practice. it's not 10,000 hours. It's how many hours of deliberate practice. So I think the reps are super important, but I think in a weird way, and I never thought I would say this, they're almost only as important as the review after hmm. I went on a podcast recently and it's very rare for this to happen to me just because we have so many episodes and this person had more episodes than we did. I think they had like 1400 and I was like, this is going to be, this person's going to be so good. And I remember getting on and I was like, oh my goodness, this is not good at all. Like it's all over the place. The tech is all over the place. I, they, don't, they don't have any questions. It's, it's not good. And I realized that probably because they don't review. It's like, okay, cool, done, on to the next one. So I think the reps are super, super important because that's where you learn to hone everything. But if you're not reviewing the reps deliberately, they're probably not nearly as important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there something in your business right now that's got you really fired up that you're really excited about for this year? Mm. I'm going to do more traveling to podcast events. Mm. And I think for a long time, I convinced myself that I didn't like travel. And I don't always, it depends, but I'm going to Florida next month and I rented a nice car and I rented a nice Airbnb and I'm just super excited. I'm like counting down the days to go. Maybe. So more of, more of that, we're realizing that my business partner is like, we lock him behind a wall and you cannot get a hold of him because he's building the business where I am a, a man of the people and I'm out doing interviews and, and talking to people. So that, I think that makes me, it makes me excited because that's more of who I am anyway. And that feels good. Nice. I'm assuming you're referring to PodFest? Yes. Yeah. I, I was hoping to go to PodFest. Uh, we didn't get our passports renewed in time. And so I'll end up missing it this year, but that's all right. There's always another. I'll give you the notes. I'll give you the notes. Amazing. Amazing. Well, this has been really cool. Is there anything that you want to share with us that I may have missed uh, in terms of asking? Uh, no, you're a great host. That's what I'd like to share with you. You're a great host. And uh, even again, it's not scripted. Nothing's written down. I, I think you flow very well and I enjoyed the conversation. That's what I would Amazing. leave with. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, You're very been well. really great chatting with you. And, uh, you know, I appreciate your time and your energy, even though you've got COVID and you're foggy, <laughs> you couldn't tell it all. So it was Thank interesting. You. Thank, Thank you, you so I much, appreciate Kevin. It. Of course.